Access to prenatal care in rural communities is critical to the health and well-being of mothers and their children, but it's often difficult to access, limited in scope, or worse, entirely non-existent. So, how do rural communities increase maternal health? With involvement in quality initiatives, community outreach, and a passion for rural moms and babies. I'm Rachel Lott. And I'm J.J. Hodshire. And this is Rural Health Rising. Welcome to Episode 64 of Rural Health Rising. I'm J.J. Hodshire, President and Chief Executive Officer of Hillsdale Hospital. And I'm Rachel Lott, Director of Marketing and Development. So, Rachel, we have often discussed on this podcast the lack of obstetrics care in rural communities, typically in the context of a birthing center uh, that oftentimes get cut uh, after a rural hospital is consolidated, acquired, you know, mergers and acquisitions. Usually our favorite topic. uh, It is. (laughs) And we won't go into it today. But often the number one program that gets cut right from the beginning is obstetrics, because in rural communities, Uh, Obviously, obstetrics is primarily dominated by Medicaid patients and hospitals that are looking for turning a profit and only looking at the margin of it will eliminate those programs. And so that's that is what we fight for. I remember Dr. Betty Ako, uh, for whom the birthing center is named after here at our hospital, who still practices today, often would tell me, J.J., Never get rid of your OB program. It is a lifeblood. And I grew up in that environment here over the last uh, nearly 13 years, hearing from Dr. Bediaco the most critical importance of having obstetrics. But, you know, not all communities can have it. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And, you know, today we're just going to get into the issue of prenatal care and how rural moms are suffering due to the lack of it. And, And our guest today sees a lot of that. We're talking with someone who lives and breathes this, not just as a nurse herself, but also academically as she pursued her advanced nursing education. Our guest today is one of my favorites, Brittany Page, a registered nurse in the Bediaco Birthing Center right here at our own Hillsdale Hospital. Welcome to Rural Health Rising, Brittany. Thank you, Rachel and JJ. I appreciate you guys inviting me out to this. Absolutely. To start, Brittany, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your work here at Hillsdale Hospital? So I began my career here at Hillsdale Hospital in 2016. I grew up in Jonesville, Michigan. I went to school at Devonport University and received my bachelor's degree there. Uh, I started my uh, job here at Hillsdale Hospital right away in the obstetrics department. Absolutely fell in love with it, fell in love with the patients, fell in love with the rural health um, community Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. and uh, really wanted to dig in deeper into my education um, and see how far I could go with my master's degree. So you kind of just landed in the perfect spot right after school and you never left. Yes. yes. You know how rare that is, Brittany, that you can actually go from nursing school to one of the most coveted units in the country. Yeah, I was going to say, how'd you swing that down? It's usually two years on med surge, one year in the ER, one year here. How in the world did you do this? Uh, So I got in contact with um, Amy Zoll. And when I first came to the hospital to interview I think Amy and I just immediately clicked yeah. right away across the table from each other. And mm. she stalked me in the parking lot shortly afterwards, wow. showed me around a little bit. And I mean, she stayed in contact yeah. with me from day one meeting her mm-hmm. and um, just told me she wanted me. It, there was no question about it. She told That's every great. other manager that was at the floor that, that she's going to take you. I was That's hers great. and no one else could claim me. So um I did work for uh, 10 weeks training on med surge mm-hmm. prior to starting right on OB, but that was specifically for my 
precept. Yeah, and and I think it's interesting, Rachel. I mean, she she's from Jonesville, which for mm-hmm. those that are listening is a uh, a community within Hillsdale County. But you chose to come back to rural America, rural healthcare, your hometown. Um, what factors played into that in your mind? Well, honestly, I did receive a scholarship from Hillsdale Hospital okay. for my nursing education. Oh, very good. Uh, so when I was in the program, you know, I knew all along that I loved my hometown, just wanted to come yeah. back. Um, there was no question about it. I did really enjoy um, the city life there for a short while and worked as a nurse extern at a larger facility. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely love the relationship you build with people in this community. And um, rural health, they need strong, strong individuals working. I agree. So mm-hmm. I, I think I could bring nothing more but the best of my abilities to the yeah. community here and being able to, you know, treat my neighbors and yeah. see my neighbors mm-hmm. and care for my neighbors mm-hmm. has been a great opportunity. And for your me. passion just shines. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that today in terms of what you do. Um, so now that we've established, you know, who you are, what you do, where you work, let's start with the why. And we do this on every episode. So we get to know our guests just a little bit better. So, you know, Brittany, I'm going to ask you, what is your why? What motivates you and what gets you up out of bed in the morning? So what motivates me is just the energy that I can bring to the table for any individual that needs me mm-hmm. on that on that day. I every day is a different is a new day for mm-hmm. me, um, and every patient is different. Mm-hmm. And knowing that going into that, I am going to grow more each day. You know, seeing different patients or working with a new physician or um, you know providing the best care that I can to somebody. I. It's not like a story like, you know, when I was little, I had a nurse that treated me and she was the best yeah. and I just wanted to be like her. Yeah. I just have a drive for care mm-hmm. um, and the passion that I have behind the care that I do provide gets me up every day. And it's a new mm-hmm. day and I can see a new person every day or I can see the same individual each day, but I'm excited to get there yeah. and provide them the best that I can. Yeah, and that's that shines through each and every day. So, you know, Brittany, you have really become our resident expert on quality initiatives and as well as, uh, you know, digging into the data, uh, providing information to administration, working closely with our chief uh, information technology officer, John Robertson, quality. Um, and it's really looking at some of that data surrounding rural maternal health, uh, both as you have completed your master's degree. Congratulations, yes, which was when? You. It may. May so just of, last month. May, May. Just, just last, last month. month. Yes. And where did you obtain your master's from? At Davenport University. And it is in? In nursing education. Nursing education. That is, that's awesome. Did you celebrate it all? I did. Just Good a for little you. bit. Just yes. a little bit. Well, <laughs> you you certainly, and you worked full time during that period. I did. Yeah. That's and tough. also did your master's degree in two years, which is the yes. same time frame for people who don't work full time to is get true. a master's yes. degree. So yes. that's I have amazing. a feeling you, Rachel, I got yours in the same time frame. Yeah, I may or may not have done she the same. She probably did hers in 18 months yeah. knowing her. <laughs> we, mm, no. Yeah, okay. But, probably. But I didn't take but summers off. That's true. I'm sure that's true. But you know, that's... That's obviously a huge accomplishment for you. So during that period that you've studied, obviously in completing your master's degree, you know, you've looked at this issue of rural maternal health, and then you've applied that here even before your your master's graduation uh, in spearheading Hillsdale Hospital's participation in what we call the Michigan Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. So let's get into some of the high-level issues that we see in particular to this issue. What is the difference in maternal health outcomes in rural communities versus non-rural? So the difference really is 
<clears throat> these patients don't have the opportunity of like maternal fetal medicine close by. We mm-hmm. have to send them out um, to seek that type of care, that level of care for those patients. Um, with rural health, you know, there's distance, transportation complications, yeah. social support is lacking so much in rural health. And so we really are the only individuals that can um, provide them with this specialized care, prenatal yeah. care yeah. Um, in this community without having them to travel 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, postpartum hemorrhage, that is a huge risk and mm. that is a major um, concentration that we have in, on our unit um, statistics-wise, as well as um, the maternal morbidity has increased in the United States in the last 10 years, and it just keeps going up. Yeah. Um, so we focus on our statistics, such as primary cesarean section rates, uh, and our main focus with that is with we are in a partnership with Obstetrics Initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are multiple hospitals throughout the state of Michigan, larger hospitals mm-hmm. um, throughout the state of Michigan that are as well, you know, following the Obstetrics Initiatives, mm-hmm. um, entering their data. They have a data collection analyst, which is what I do here at the hospital um, on the side of working full time as a floor mm-hmm. nurse. And the difference really is the distance. Yeah. What we can mm-hmm. provide to these patients here in rural health is, I mean, instrumental to their to their well-being, mm-hmm. um, to the neonate well-being as well. Um, and it's very, very important for us to be able to continue to provide this care in rural health. So what I hear from clinicians like yourself and others is that in rural health, you see so much complexity in the patients that you treat um, at the birthing center or that you're that you're taking care of that it's very different from being at a large hospital because you're kind of seeing everything walk in the door that there's yes. no real kind of filtering out to different specialties or different areas sure. ahead of time even to the point of having people who you know walk in ready to deliver that have received no prenatal care yes. um, and you know like you said distance is a big factor in that um, If we know that the health outcomes for rural moms are not necessarily keeping pace with urban and suburban moms, do we know why if we go even even deeper? What are I mean, I can imagine what some of those root causes might be, but I want to hear your perspective on this issue, because I know you have dug in deep on this. And even um, Dr. Odell, one of our OBGYNs here, I was uh, meeting with her last week or the week before, and she was telling me that our home birth rate here in this county is maybe three or four times as high as the statewide average, um, which, you know, not not in any way to to say there's something wrong with that. But mm-hmm. from a from a quality perspective, there can be from a safety sure. perspective, sure. there certainly can be. Um, so so what do we see as some of the really some of the bigger underlying issues that relate to this? OK, so I'm so a little education um with prenatal care is a part of my program or a part of my master's education. I had to Mm -hmm. do a very large project and present it to a bunch of people, the board of nursing, um, our Davenport university board nursing department as well. Um, and within that I took a year and I Mm -hmm. spent two days a week working with, um, our midwives and our physicians. Um, and I met with 80 participants. I had 80 patients who were willing to participate and gave me consent to ask them questions Mm -hmm. about, their experience with prenatal care, any mm-hmm. reasons why they were not seeking adequate prenatal care. Mm-hmm. Um, so the state of Michigan has requirements which are considered um, actual adequate prenatal care, and that would be nine to ten visits 
for these individuals. So these nine to 10 visits, they can start anywhere from six weeks once you find out you're pregnant, um, all the way up until you do deliver. However, in our community, from the 80 participants, it was 57% of women that had reported they didn't have transportation Mm -hmm. and then the lack of social support. So such as gas or, Mm -hmm. you know, both individuals work, they can't miss work. Child support. Child mm-hmm. support is a huge factor in our community as mm-hmm. to why women do not attend all their prenatal care visits. Uh, so because of this, I had kind of molded around the idea of running it by our physicians on let's create a flexible prenatal care pro, you know, plan for our patients here in this community. Um, so certain weeks of gestation, they would actually have to be on an in-person visit Uh, in the office, and that could provide them with, like, fundal checks, you know, their weights, their blood pressure, make sure baby's doing well, so with Mm -hmm. ultrasounds. Uh, And then the other weeks, we wouldn't expect them to come in in person. This would be more of an opportunity for us to utilize uh, telehealth medicine. Mm -hmm. So either a midwife or a nurse could provide care Mm -hmm. to our patient via the phone or via Skype or however we want to, whatever media outlet we need to utilize to meet with these patients. Mm -hmm. That way we are not putting so much on them to attend their prenatal care Mm -hmm. appointments when truly they can't. They can't, they don't have a ride to the office or they don't have the money to get to the office or nobody can watch their children. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you had said about the home deliveries, I think there's a lot of misinformation in our community about, you know, the care that we provide at the hospital. Uh, We have really been working on our shared decision making with our patients. Mm -hmm. And that means we have a team. And part of that team, which I find most important, is our patients and their family. Right. They are part of our team. So whatever decisions we're making, we need to make it collectively as a team. Mm -hmm. That includes our physicians, our midwife, our nurses, our patients, and their family. They should all be included in the decision um, and how they want their care and what we expect. So meeting with them in one of those appointments, as I had mentioned, with a flexible plan, um, whether it be at 34, 36 weeks, that's usually about the time we really start to discuss mm-hmm. what is your expectation of your labor and your delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, we really start working with our patients and we have a collaborative effort from everybody involved working together towards the goal. Um, and I think it's very important for people to understand that we, I mean, this shared decision making has really changed our outlook of labor and delivery. And Mm -hmm. I think it Mm -hmm. can only get better from here. And increasing the conversations and the education that we have in this community with our patients and our rural, you know, population, I think that would really increase and improve the relationship that we have with our Mm -hmm. obstetrics department and our community. Mm -hmm. There's a lack of um, thoughts on what we do actually on the floor and the care that we can provide um, I myself, I know there are multiple nurses as well as myself that we are very hands-on in labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be as active as possible during that, I am game. Mm-hmm. And I tell my patients that right away. We actually um, just started including on some of our whiteboards in the room with, you know, what the team is, who uh, we're identifying, who the team is, mm-hmm. and how that can change throughout your care, yeah. as well as you know, what your preferences are as a patient, what the plan is in our care, and then when we're kind of what the next assessment will be for you. Mm -hmm. So we're keeping 
everybody together all on the same page, sort of as a huddle in discussion of what we are going to do next and what the expectation is. Mm -hmm. And if that wants to change at any time, we are always willing to change that. But we definitely want our patients to know that Mm -hmm. we are there for them and what they want is our main goal. That is my Mm -hmm. goal whenever I walk into a room Mm -hmm. is the care that they expect. That's what I'm going to give, if not more. Mm -hmm. And if something changes along that time frame, we are going to be open and in conversation with them about that at all times. Right. And I think that's really important because there's a lot of, you know, opinions out there about what is the right way to give birth or what is the best way to give birth or the safest or the healthiest way to give birth. And, you know, not all of that is always true. Um, But one of the things that I found in, in my own pregnancy was, I wa- you've got very different types of patients, right? I was the type of patient where I told my OB, I said, listen, you're an expert. You know what you're doing. If there's a decision we need to make, I know you'll let me know and we'll talk about it. I don't want to have a written plan of some kind or have all these decisions or ideas in my head ahead of time of how this should go because I don't want to face any sort of, you know, um, feelings of failure or like I didn't do something right or my child didn't have the, you know, the best best chance based on however he came into the world. Um, But you don't always find that because there is a lot of that, um, you know, I think online, especially there's a level of fear mongering that happens about the type of care that you might get in in a hospital. Some of it may be based on some some realities of the past or even some one off experiences more so than what's happening overall. But With OB in particular, I do want to point out that, you know, we talk a lot about how sometimes the perception is, well, a rural hospital or a smaller hospital can't provide the same level or the same quality of care. Now, obviously, there's always going to be highly specialized medicine that we don't have access to for certain cases. But uh, I just have to commend you and the entire team over um, in the birthing center for your platinum designation from yes. the Michigan Alliance yes. for Innovation on Maternal Health. Yes. Thank you. And I also want to point out, which I say very clearly and our radio commercials right now that I'm very proud of, not because of what I said, but because of what I got to say, thanks <laughs> to the work of you guys, yeah. is that we are the only, only platinum designated birthing center in Hillsdale County and in any of our contiguous counties, except for maybe one but it barely touches Hillsdale, sure, sure. that other county. Um, and there are some big hospitals and also some healthcare system hospitals in those communities. But we're the only ones who are rated platinum, which is the highest level. Yes. Um, and I think that really speaks to the work that you and the team are doing over there to make sure that moms are involved in their care. I mean, we know that the involvement of patients in their own care has an impact on their quality and their health outcomes across the board in healthcare, but particularly in OB. Yes, yes. You know, I have a couple follow-up mm-hmm. uh, statements and then questions. So first, um, my my office actually is right across from our training center here mm-hmm. in, in our admin building. And I work Saturdays. Yes. And often I am, the door's open, my door's open, the training center door. And I get to hear the birthing class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've learned a lot. <laughs> Not that I, you know, am looking to have a baby, but um, the the amount of information that your team presents, mm-hmm. those are pretty cool. Pretty critical classes, aren't they? Yes. Can you yes. talk to us? And I, and I know that's not. I want to talk a little bit about the sure. importance of those classes. Sure. So, can you walk us through what that looks like and why there's value in that? So, 
the value of prenatal education is really introducing what we do here for our patients and what we can do and what their expectations should be. Mm -hmm. That is an opportunity for us as a nursing staff to really communicate what we want for the patient and also what they should expect when they come Mm -hmm. through our doors. We always do a tour um, of the OB department, and I think it's very important for them to I think it makes them breathe a little easier when Mm -hmm. they finally do come in to the hospital, whether they're in labor or for an induction um, or something else scheduled, they feel a lot better. And they've seen familiar faces before. And I think that's important. But I think it's important for people to get an understanding of what is not out there to scare you about the labor and the delivery process, as well as taking care of your newborn afterwards. We really Mm -hmm. take the opportunity to teach about breastfeeding at that time as well and a little bit of newborn care. But, um, you know, nothing is worse than when you have first-time parents in there that have not had a prenatal education before um, and there's something big that we need to be performing, you know, Mm -hmm. in the room. And they're very scared. And, yes, we do try to talk them through it. And mm-hmm. tell them exactly what we're doing, but if they don't have yeah. an idea of who we are when they come in, it's scary. Uh, right. it's, it can be scary, it can and be. I can't, I can't imagine being in that position. Yeah. But it right. is so you, important. You build that trust, yes. on the front yes. end. It's yeah. so important to have um, participation in our prenatal yeah. education classes, and I highly suggest everybody take those that. classes or um, the the. Uh, Department of Health Services, they yeah. also offer mm-hmm. a course as well. And that is an online course. And um, I think that's a nice touch. Yeah. As so, well. so the the class, mm-hmm. classes, yes. Um, talk to us about the structure. So, is it six weeks, eight weeks? It's actually it? once. Um, Just one once. day, one Saturday. Okay. Um, and it's the end of our end of the month. Okay. And it's every other month. Right. So we don't do it every month. Uh, Hillary, the manager of our obstetrics department, we have been talking about uh, starting up power prenatal class is kind of what we're naming it. Um, But if we could pick out just two hours a week for about four to six weeks, that would be great. And I think Mm -hmm. it would, you know, not take away a Saturday um, from that, you know, first expectant dad. It's always them who are like, oh, man, I could be doing this (laughs) and that and that. You know, I worked all week and then I have to come here. But uh, I think this would be an opportunity for us to increase our numbers of people participating in our prenatal care. Yeah. So, you know, about seven years ago, I participated in my first delivery here at Hillstow Hospital. Did you? I did. I was walking over to the hospital and a car pulls up and I was chief operating officer at the time and they're screaming and yelling and uh, she was in labor. Yes. And I went and got a wheelchair, told everybody and I was like, what can I do, you know, to help out? But, you know, after that, I had a conversation with, at the time, Amy Zoll. Uh, and she was our manager and mm-hmm. also a certified uh, nurse midwife and had a conversation with her about just, you know, our delivery program here at Hillstone. And I was alarmed to hear the number of patients that just show up to deliver. Yes. And is that a real thing? Yes. And, and so absolutely. I want you to talk a little bit about that. Then I want you to talk about what do the numbers look like for Hillsdale County? Sure, sure. You know, in terms of the the prenatal, all of that. Give absolutely. us a sense of how big of an issue or problem is it in rural Hillsdale County? Sure. So there are multiple women that show up. We have probably at least two a month that just show up out of nowhere, Um, whether they are our patient or not. We've Mm -hmm. seen them before Mm -hmm. or they um, are receiving care from one of our physicians at Hidden Meadows. Um, You know, we it happens Mm -hmm. and it happens very quickly. And we actually have, you know, uh, what we call a precept delivery um, bucket 
hmm. and it's ready. It's ready. It's ready at the nurse's station. Yeah. Uh, so if somebody calls and says anything about, hey, we are on our way, or if they call from the parking lot, I, we've had mm-hmm. dads come oh, in yeah. and hit the bell. She's having her baby. You know, I've had to run as fast as I can to the front of the hospital to catch a baby before, and that has been wow. Uh, we have that multiple times a month. Yeah, it's so, just incredible, isn't yep. it? And it happens at all hours of the day. It doesn't matter. Babies come when they want to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as for our numbers here in this community, you know, I think that 50, that 57% speaks volumes for our women that are not receiving prenatal care mm-hmm. or receiving mm-hmm. adequate prenatal care. So right. that's not attending the nine or 10 visits that the Mich- that the state of Michigan requires. Mm-hmm. So out of that 57%, those women, uh, with my numbers, there were five visits total from the time they found out they were, you know, pregnant to delivery. Mm-hmm. Now, 36% of these women are not seeking prenatal care until they're about 20 to 25 weeks gestation. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is pretty late. Um, right. And the reasons for that, again, like I said, child support. Nobody has anybody to take care of their children. Mm-hmm. Transportation complications. Gas is a major factor as well. Um, social support. We have women that have, you know, five or six children at home, and it's not a child care issue, but I've had six healthy pregnancies healthy and pregnancies. deliveries before. Why I'm do I right. need, you know, yeah, why yeah, do yeah. I need to seek care? But then right. those women will come in and they have gestational diabetes, yeah. and then we have a large baby, and a lot of times we run the risk of having to do a C-section True. because mm-hmm. of the baby is just too large, um, or the, you know, unfortunately the woman, you know, we can't get their blood sugars under control. Mm-hmm. Medication is an issue, um, as well as in the, I mean, I will say the the reason I wanted to do this project mainly was because I sat in our triage in the obstetrics department for three hours with a woman who was 34 weeks pregnant, mm-hmm. had three other children at home, no care, no care at all, no prenatal care mm-hmm. until she was 32 weeks, wow. found mm-hmm. out she was had gestational diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. couldn't control her blood sugars, was put on a medication by one of our physicians, went to the pharmacy to pick up that medication, could not afford it. Mm-hmm. So she showed up to our triage department and was crying and hysterical and she doesn't have insurance and she did not speak English, English very well. Mm -hmm. And so I spent my three hours talking with her about the medication, but then realizing it was an insurance issue. She didn't have insurance. She didn't know about the programs that the state of Michigan offers for pregnant women. Um, She didn't know about diabetes. So Mm -hmm. I made a few phone calls, which is fantastic for our hospital to be able to provide. I had the dietitian come down right away. Hmm. She spoke with her about diabetes, gestational mm-hmm. diabetes, yeah. her expectations. And then I also had Kim Wonders come down, got her set up with insurance mm-hmm. through the state of Michigan, through yeah. the mom program. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was just ecstatic. We got the medication changed so she could afford it. It was not going to be any cost to her Thank to God. take the medication. Wow. But that was the day I truly realized how important this project was going to be for That's not incredible. only myself and my education, but also our community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was something very touching for me. And I had never, you know, as a nurse, I take care of you in triage yeah. or I take care of you in, in your labor and during your delivery and postpartum. I do all of that. But I had no idea the impact or the number of women that were not receiving prenatal care or they couldn't attend their appointments for 
several reasons, but mm-hmm. um, and then looking ahead at what can we do differently for you, these individuals. You know, and that's remarkable. I mean, that's really to see the patients as you do mm-hmm. and be able to work with them right there to get them the coverage. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an incredible continuum right there. Yes. I mean, you got her in our the same time frame, yep. in with a dietitian, yep. got her insurance and got yes. her medication. Yes. You know, and then I was talking to Dr. Betty Ako, who I shared earlier is our OBGYN, and he shared with me that sometimes it's even, so you have that, you know, that that spectrum of it, which is people are waiting 23 weeks to get in. Yes. But then he said he gets the occasional calls, you know, right when they find out they're pregnant. Yes. You know, right? It's, oh, yeah. It's within yes. a week. I want to know yep. what I can do, right? And and obviously it's, yep. it's what is it, six, seven weeks that you really, Yeah, usually, usually women will, that's usually the earliest that we do see individuals who are pregnant. So about that six-week, seven-week mark, um, usually they don't have their first appointment, first initial OB appointment scheduled until about eight weeks. But we Mm. do have women who do call, and they tell us, hey, I just tested positive. Uh, Can I get an appointment? And that is fantastic to hear. Um, And I love when I hear that. Yeah. Uh, But it's, you know, and then you— then you experience you're in the middle of a delivery uh, and, and right there. there's a woman who has never had any prenatal care from yeah. any of our providers before. Yeah. And it's it's a lot for Incredible. them. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you just mentioned wanting to improve things for the future, right? So mm-hmm. what are some of the specific ways? You've talked about a couple um, that the team here at Hillsdale Hospital has worked to improve our maternal outcomes in our community. And what have the results been so far? Sure, sure. So really discussing with patients, you know, what, what is hap- you know, what is happening, why, you know, what are the factors that are affecting your ability to attend appointments, mm-hmm. as well as uh, when they come into my triage and they need to be seen, but they were not able to go to their appointment earlier that week. What can I do differently to help you? What, how mm-hmm. can I am, how can I help you get to your appointment? I'm, mm-hmm. I, I will be the first to admit I have given cash before to a patient yeah. so she could, you know, attend an appointment so she could mm-hmm. get, you know, and that's if that's what that is not obviously what we want to have to continue doing. And I want to make it easier for our women yeah. in this community mm-hmm. to seek prenatal care, not only go to their prenatal care appointments, but if there's an if there is a complication or a problem identified mm-hmm. during their pregnancy, I want them to have all the knowledge they need, mm-hmm. all the education that they need to attend other appointments as well, if there's mm-hmm. more appointments that are expected of yeah. them for a healthy pregnancy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think a flexible schedule of our prenatal um, plan would be great. Mm-hmm. I think we mm-hmm. should really, you know, whether it's just the physicians and the midwives that sit down, I think as physicians, midwives, and nurses, I think we need to really focus on our approach as a team um, and how we can all make a difference together because these individuals are seeing the nurses and they're seeing the physicians. So it's not just them seeing the physicians or the midwife for mm-hmm. their pregnancy and then they see us only during labor and delivery. I mean, we see each other all the time. So they need to know who we are and we mm-hmm. need to be spearheading an idea together on what we can do better for our mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Um, I've talked with uh Rachel McCormick, our midwife, multiple times about, um, I think it's uh, Center for Pregnancy or Central Pregnancy. Um, That would be a great program. uh, We are looking into grants and funding right now to assist Mm -hmm. us with that, with purchasing that type of program or um, starting that program. But I definitely have spoke with Rachel as well and Dr. Sinisco 
about, you know, discussing maybe a nurse being a part of their staff. Mm-hmm. And I'm, if you think about it in reality, we do the same thing that we could be doing in the office on the floor. Mm-hmm. When I see, I mean, the door is open to anybody in triage. It's mm-hmm. not just labor and delivery patients that we're seeing. Right. We see multiple triage patients each day. And with those triage patients, I think it's important that we could be available by telephone or by video you know, messaging or video media, however we want to do it, to discuss patients' concerns or mm-hmm. um, do they need to be seen sooner than the office can get them in? Right. Then we can really have a discussion of what can we do to mm-hmm. improve our scheduling process, but also how can we make it more flexible for our patients? Um, working with the working with DHS office, I think, would be a great opportunity as well. Um, whether it be we can provide women that need to watch their blood pressures, whether we can give them blood pressure cuffs mm-hmm. throughout their pregnancy to utilize at home so they can record their own blood pressures at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if there's a worry about preeclampsia, which is a huge factor in maternal morbidity and mortality in the, in the United States, but in the state of Michigan as well, you know, we preeclampsia is scary mm-hmm. and it can happen very quickly and it's very unexpected when it does. But I think that would be a great opportunity for us to, you know, patients can get involved yeah. in their care, take their own blood pressures at home. Oh, yeah. If there's a concern, they can call the office or they can right. call the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important that we provide our rural population with the items they might need at home mm-hmm. in order to have the best outcomes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So it's there's been a lot of talk ever yeah. since I started this uh, project right. with the physicians and our midwife, and they have been absolutely welcoming of all my questions, my concerns, yeah. my suggestions, my arguments. They have all been very open to that. And we, I think we've really moved forward with focusing on our obstetrics initiatives as well as the maternal innovation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been, that has been huge for our department. Um, everybody has taken the education and the opportunity very seriously. And I think we're just, we're only improving from here. You know, so that works great for Hillsdale. Yes. Right. And that's wonderful yes. that Hillsdale Hospital is able to do this and that we have all these great things lined up. But, you know, we have podcast listeners from across the country sure. in rural communities who may be questioning, how can I improve some of the health outcomes in my community? Where do I start? So, you know, I, I want to I guess I want your expert opinion mm-hmm. and direction for those that are listening today that said, you know what, I think we have that problem here. Where do they start? How do they get this going? Yeah. You know, does it take a lot of money? Right. Is it is it driven by leadership? Is it something that just someone who's listening today that may just be a a, a floor nurse could do? I, I really, where do you start right. for such a program as this to address such a need as we have been discussing? Sure. Start by communicating. Communicate with who is part of that team, whether mm-hmm. it's your nurses or one physician. You need to communicate your concerns and what your suggestions are together. Um, and then kind of out from there. So grants and funding is huge, mm-hmm. obviously, especially in rural health. Um, if you can write or you have somebody that can write, write. Write everything that you can onto why you believe your population would improve from these, um, from the money, from the funding. Um, what you suggest as a program that could really improve the outcomes that you're seeing in your rural health setting as well as midwives, 
I can't speak enough about midwives. They're, the care that a midwife can provide, yeah. um, generally they come from a nursing background. Sure, uh, So we have yeah. a fantastic background and, you know, foot forward. Mm-hmm. And it's th- the only thing that we want is better outcomes for our patients and yeah. for our newborns. And if you can afford a midwife or talk a midwife in to come to a rural health setting, mm-hmm. I highly suggest doing that. But you can also use nurses. Mm-hmm. If you have... If you have, you know, something that I thought about was, um, you know, if there is a home health, you know, program nearby or within a facility nearby, maybe you could work together with that program or Mm -hmm. use your Department of Health Services as well. Use that to your advantage. We have great programs in this community, Community Action Agency. Um, They just started the Well Baby program as well, and that is huge for our community. This is an opportunity for us to use social workers, mm-hmm. nurses, all types of backgrounds to improve the outcomes for our patients in the community. So I highly suggest start by talking, yeah. start mm-hmm. by talking about yeah. your concerns and your suggestions, and then you can just go out from there. But I can't speak highly enough about grants and funding. That has been huge for rural health. Just out of curiosity, do you know, are there any federal programs? And, and again, you may not know of any, but do you have any idea or any association with federal programs that you sure. can think of? Sure. So Obstetrics Initiative, they have an, they, on their page, on their main website page, they have a ton of um, different grants oh, or opportunities that oh, you good. can apply for. Um, it all re- They all have their own little requirements. It's just like if you were applying for a scholarship for school yeah. or something, you could right. also apply for that. As well as um, they, they don't have. I don't can't say one for sure off the top of my head, but our obstetrics initiative yeah. that has been mm-hmm. where I've started. Great, mm-hmm. and that's a quality collaborative, yes. right? Yes. So, and is that that's a is that a nationwide collaborative that anyone can get involved in? Is it Michigan specific? So that right now, all that I all that I'm participating is the Mich- Michigan okay. specific. Okay. So okay. that is, and the whole thing is primary. Re- Reduction of primary cesarean rates. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is their main focus. But right. that all starts with prenatal care. Right. So right. We what have prevents to start. that can help in Correct. so many other Correct. areas. Yes. So. But there are multiple programs throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. And OBI, Obstetrics Initiative, they are involved with the United mm-hmm. States statistics and national averages mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. for that. So people can look for those. And I just yes. have to say, Brittany, I think one thing that I hope people can take away from this is that a lot of times we hear this word related to patients and the care they're receiving, compliance. Sure. And it puts a lot of blame for negative health outcomes onto the patient in a way that may not always be fair or it may also change the way that the people around them are thinking of that person as they're providing care. Sure. Right? And what I think that you've demonstrated here today is that it's so important to look at what does the patient need. It's not that your patient said, well, I don't want prenatal care. Right. Right. It wasn't, yep. you know, when you think about compliance, you think about they didn't want to do it, so they didn't do it. Sure. But it's more of an issue of they needed additional resources that they didn't yes. have. Yes. And your perspective of sitting there with this woman and understanding what was her need and then finding the ways we could fill those mm-hmm. needs, it's so important. It's not It's not writing people off and saying, well, yeah, of course, maternal health outcomes are bad in rural communities because they're noncompliant with prenatal care. Sure. That's not the same as 
we're not seeing people receive as much prenatal care in rural communities as they need. So what are the causes of that? What are the root issues? And Mm -hmm. that's what you have done so much work to understand for us here in Hillsdale in particular. But a lot of that, I would assume, applies to other rural communities. So I just want to commend you for that. And thank you for that, because in the work you're doing with the entire team, you are putting that perspective on the table and making sure that's how everyone's looking at the patients that you're seeing. Yes, That's right. Wow. We could probably talk for hours on this issue. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things I wanted to ask, like, why is there stigma around C-section? Why is this? But we can't because we're out of time. Yes. So maybe we'll have a part two someday. Maybe a part two. (laughs) You've done a a fantastic job here at Hillsdale Hospital uh, advocating for moms and babies. And I want to thank you for that. And on the program today, you did a a fantastic job at uh, explaining all of the relevant issues that are facing rural hospitals and and rural practices across America. So I want to thank you for your commitment, uh, not only to this community, but also to advancing the, the critical importance of prenatal care, of the relationship of moms and babies. And just thank you for your advocacy. We have enjoyed having you on the program today. Thank you guys so much for inviting me. I really enjoyed the opportunity. Before we close, we like to do a fun segment with each of our guests. And so we want to know, what is your most unique rural experience or one of your favorite memories that is unique to rural life? Do you have one? Oh, goodness. Now, mine was delivering the baby out in the parking lot. Sure, sure. Right? It doesn't even have I, to be honestly, healthcare related. I mean, honestly, that not. would probably be the the one that really sticks out in my memory. I mean, I always go back to that thought of catching a baby in the parking lot, and yeah. that is um, <laughs> that is an experience I will never forget. Yeah. So right out right fr- right out front of the hospital, had no idea that she was um, going to have a baby so suddenly, but I didn't have any time to think and just. Caught right. that baby, and yeah. I actually lifted the mom out of the car with the baby and just sat her back wow. in a wheelchair. And um, so when we just went on about our day, and it was like nothing ever yeah. happened. Yeah. So Incredible. Yes. Once again, thank you for joining us today. Next time on Rural Health Rising, we'll have another great conversation with another great guest, so be sure to tune in. And with that, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell others why they should listen too. Your feedback helps more listeners find Rural Health Rising. And you can now find us on Twitter. I'm at Hillsdale CEO JJ. Rachel is at Rural Health Rach. And you can also follow the podcast at Rural Health Pod. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay strong. Health Rising is a production of Hillsdale Hospital in Hillsdale, Michigan, and a proud member of the Health Podcast Network, hosted by J.J. Hodshire and Rachel Lott. Audio engineering and original music by Kenji Ulmer. Special thanks to today's guest, Brittany Page, registered nurse in the Betty Ako Birthing Center at Hillsdale Hospital. For more episodes, interviews, and more information, visit ruralhealthrising.com.